You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listeners, to episode 62 of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. As you may have heard from that intro, joining me today is Nathan Van Horn and no one else. Um, no, Matt Powell. In a, yeah, in a shocking twist that we did not see, that we legitimately <laughs> did not see coming. We're, we're, we're mirroring what happened in episode uh, 61, where instead of missing Nathan, now we're missing Matt. Yeah, um, next, week, so, next week it's going to be just you. <laughs> well, I was going to say maybe next week it was going to be you and Matt and then not me. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> you know, so we, we've been saying this for a while. Uh, you know, we always get on to you. The episode is always strongest when you provide more questions, more feedback, more interaction. You are the linchpin, uh, but you were not convinced. So I'm convinced you've either poisoned us or something uh, so we could experiment with different dynamics on the show. We can do it without me. That's been established. We will find out this week if we can do it without Matt, but we can't do it without you. So. <laughs> well, Nathan, I can tell you that uh, we I was missing a little bit of the dynamic you brought last episode. And not one time do we break out into song. That's so funny. It's <laughs> so funny you mentioned that. Uh, I was like, what's missing? And I was like, it's not insightful biblical perspectives. That's still there. Oh, I'm, I'm missing the random singing. Uh, so, yeah, it's not, it's nice <laughs> to have a thing. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely a thing. I mean, we didn't have we didn't have a good. Like song moment, we didn't have good transition into the topic, nothing like that. So we are glad that you're back, and we uh we are sorry to say that Matt is out this week, just feeling a little bit under the weather. But we will continue, and we'll we'll continue on into unknown territory. Which, speaking of which, ah, you yeah, like that that's one, a good segue. <laughs> well, Matt did mention that you wanted to talk about in chapter twelve. You wanted to talk about land promises. So I've been. Looking forward to uh, the land promises to Abraham, yeah. which I assume we're still on track with that, right? Yeah, but before we get to that, why don't we talk about uh, liking, subscribing, and sharing? Oh, man. I'm doing your job, man. Pardon me. Where where are my manners? You know what, Nathan, you're absolutely right. If you are not subscribed to the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast, go ahead and do that now, which we did have to change our, our uh, methodology, our terminology a little bit. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you hit the plus mark. Uh, that will make sure that you are uh, getting a notification every Tuesday morning when we when we release a new episode of the podcast. And if you're listening on Spotify or Google Podcasts, make sure that you hit that like button and it will do the same thing. And um, completely by accident, we found out this week that our podcast is actually being published to our Facebook page uh, completely without our knowledge. We did not realize that that was happening. So the the past m- couple months of the podcast are appearing on Facebook if you're on your phone. So if you are someone who uses Facebook on your phone, go ahead and um, subscribe to the podcast there. And you know what? Give it a sh- give it a like, give it a share, and that way we c- we can continue to spread the good message of the podcast, the good message of the Word of God, even farther through all those recommendations and algorithms. 
You like that, Nathan? Was that good? Yeah, for I do read the memos. We had no idea it was on Facebook. It's been, it's like an automated yeah. upload from the website. Is that how it works? Well, I recall like months ago, it feels like I checked a box saying upload to Facebook and I was trying to make it work and I couldn't. I just kind of gave up on it. But apparently without my knowledge, it was like working in the background and actually uploading the uploading it but only on your phone that's why i didn't see it it's only if you're on ah, your, the app facebook app thank you mr zuckerberg <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the opinions expressed by nathan van horn are his alone and not necessarily those of the better conviction that's Bible right podcast. dude i'm i'm miss uh, i'm missing matt right now uh was did y'all have any like did it feel weird doing it with just y'all last week it did because, like you talked about, I had to. I had to really bring my A game. I couldn't just like sit in the background and listen to y'all. Right. You had. Talk. You have to like, engage. That's right. Um, it's like man, because normally, because normally I enjoy listening to you and Matt just like wax on about you know the, the, these these biblical principles, and I just like I'll just sit in the back and learn. But now I had to actually like. Can I tell you? Put in some effort. Can I tell you what I did love? <laughs> like I always, I always get the reputation for being like the long winded, non concise guy. And I did love that it was the episode that I was out that y'all went over 37 minutes. Yeah, complete vindication. That's actually the <laughs> longest episode we've ever had. You heard it here was, first. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we had a 37-minute podcast. It was actually longer than that before we cut it down a little bit. Mm, 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 mm. My, my, my. All right. So now with all that being said, this is where we are. We talked about – we last week we talked about uh, God grafting in all the family, the families, the sons of – uh, Tara into into the promise into the narrative, and now we're in chapter twelve. What's what's going on, Nathan? Where are we going from here? Yeah. So, um, one thing that's big for me, I, I want to read today uh, Genesis twelve uh, verses one through. Let's go through verse nine. Uh, and uh, since it's just uh, you and me. Let me nominate you to read. You can't team up with Matt and vote against me. So I nominate uh, the wizard to do to do our reading today. Genesis 12, 1 through 9. I can do that. Genesis 12, 1 through 9. <clears throat> and as always, we're reading from the ESV. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the, through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah, and at that time Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going. Perfect. Um, so there's so many things we could talk about with today's uh, passage. Uh, I, I was thinking about this uh, recently. Uh, uh, my when when you first start studying the Bible, it feels like you don't know anything to talk about. My my very first sermon was eleven minutes 
and 47 seconds. Do you believe that? But that's that's hard to fathom now. Now that we have the wise Nathan Van Horn, uh, the experienced. I mean, one. I didn't. I wasn't part of the thirty-seven plus minute episode, but I, I can get long winded. Um, <laughs> I, I will always have that in my back pocket. Um, well, you know what? That you know what? When I first started teaching and preaching as well, that was also my struggle. Is that I have, it was very short. Have, I like struggled yeah. to like fill it out. Uh, well, you know what's funny? When we were in Fort Payne. Uh, every year we would do a youth Sunday and one of the youth would speak in the service. And one of the one of the youth was nervous. He said, Man, I don't feel like I have enough to say. And I said, man, don't worry about it. I said, you know, my first sermon was 11 minutes and 47 seconds. And one of my deacons overheard me telling him this as encouragement, you know, just to say what you know. And my deacon said, well, you know, pastor, we haven't heard that sermon. So if you want to dust it off and let the Holy Spirit <laughs> use it to minister to us, that would be just fine. Right, right. Um, so, you know, what? before you, I got into a deeper Bible study, I felt like I didn't know anything to say. Now it's like, oh, let's talk 45 minutes about these two verses. There are so many things um, we could say about these verses. You know, God telling Abram um, that his children, uh, his descendants will possess this land at a time where Abram has how many children? None. Yeah. And, and look at verse 5. Abram took Sarai, his wife. How was Sarai introduced to us at the end of chapter 11? Uh, by saying that she couldn't have yeah, kids. Yeah, she was barren. And then look what it says. It's almost like ins- assault on the wound, insult to injury. And Abraham took his took Sarai, his wife, and Lot. You could just say Lot, <laughs> but it says his brothers. No, it says his brother's son. You, you see just, what I'm saying? Just rubbing that and, wound. And so, Man. you know, as you're reading, pay attention to these because these things build and mount and they're like, you know, they're, they're indicators in the text. Pay attention. This is a thread that's being woven together. So there's a lot of threads in this passage. But as you said, as we were getting started, I want to sp- focus uh, specifically on uh, the setting, the place. You know, when you're when you're telling a story, you have the who, what, when, where, and why. Let, let's look at the where. Um, we're talking about a land uh, that God is promising to Abram and his descendants. Hence, it shall be called what? The promised... Land. land. Wow, what a good name, right? Um, the, uh, the the Great Valley, if you're going from um, <laughs> the land before time. Uh, but it has hills and deserts and all that stuff, too. Um, <laughs> tree star. Um, but yeah, so this is, this is our first reference to the promised land. Here's what I want us to note. All of our key biblical stories up to this point, the place has been a huge, huge part of the story, right? It's not yeah, it's not just absolutely. that we have creation, it's that within creation it automatically zooms in on the opening chapters of scripture to a specific spot on creation, which is where? The Garden of Eden, right? Oh yeah, okay. Even even stories that don't take place in the garden, it's important of like where they take place in relation, like farther away from that's the garden. That's it. That whole moving eastward, right? Uh mm. well, noticeably, uh, that's a good point by the way. Noticeably, uh, you know they've been moved. They had been moving east of Eden. When God calls Abraham to a s- specific place, He calls him from Ur of the Chaldees. Abraham is moving westward. Isn't that interesting? Uh, so it's yeah, it, it, fulfilling God's promise, and yet and now moving westward when they've been you know getting farther away, moving eastward. Th- there it is. As, and so, in, in other words, some of the significance is not just in what happens; it's in where it happens. Again, you know, so when things go wrong in Eden, what's part of the punishment? Not just sin and death entering the human condition, but Adam and Eve have to do what? 
They have to move away. They have to leave Eden. When Cain kills Abel, he has to leave that place and become a wanderer and that whole city thing. When things go wrong with Babel, right? God not they only to, they conf- leave the city. That's it. He not only confuses their speech, he scatters them. And so you have all the nations scattered all over creation. And and what I want to highlight with Abraham is that God's not just going to work through a people. God is going to work in a place, right? Mm, indeed. Um, and, and, and here here's what's neat. When we talked about Eden and when we talked about Babel, we talked about like there's these things in the text that kind of, uh, you know, broach or hint at a place not just east and west, latitude and longitude place on the map. There's a heaven meets earth sort of thing, Right. Yes. Uh, like, you know, Eden, the mountain imagery for Eden in Ezekiel 28. You were in the garden on the mountain. Uh, the idea of this place where God's realm and our realm meet. Uh, when you look at some of those interpretive traditions for Babel, uh, that they were trying to pierce the firmament and invade heaven, you know, Nimrod and the whole uh, tyranny thing. I cannot get Yertle the turtle. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, like that. I had never read, in my mind, I'd read all of Dr. Seuss, but Yertle the Turtle was a game changer. And I can't tell you how many times I've read Yertle the Turtle since then because I like picture books. Um, but <laughs> but you get you get these, so you get these important stories that involve important places and there's a heaven and earth dimension. Here's what I want us to see in today's passage. Abraham is going into the land of promise, but he's not just going to uh, random places in there. He's going to places that will keep... You'll see Shechem many, many times in the Old Testament, and, there, and there's going to be some key things that ha- happen at Shechem. For example, when Joshua brings the people into the land, Shechem is one of the key places where they renew the covenant, and they talk about stories just like this one. Um, mm. uh, so that's huge, right? Um, yeah. But Abraham's not just going to random places. Uh, look at all of the geographic markers that we have in the text, talking about east and west as he's coming from the north and moving southward uh, to Bethel and the Negev, which is this desert uh, that provides kind of the southern and southeastern boundary of the promised land. Uh, he, he's kind of mapping out the land of promise. God is not, again, God is going to work through Abraham. I'm going to make you a great nation, even though you have no kids and your wife is barren. Okay, I trust you, God. Not only not only am I going to do that through you, I'm going to do it in this place. Um, and uh, the, the promised land and, and, and the theology of the land will become so important uh, in the Old Testament. And, and here's what I want us to see is connect this to what we've seen before. Again, Eden. Who gets to live in Eden? Adam and Eve. Until? Uh, They sin. They sin. So here's my question. God's chosen to use, in other words, God's chosen to do something important in this place. Who gets to live there? Uh, God's God's chosen. Abram and Sarai and Lot and all his people. But there's already people living there. I, I was actually going to ask you about that because this is the introduction to the promised land. It's also the introduction of the Canaanites, yeah, and the Ca- which will be and the Can- major players. And the Canaanites are not officially part of the story yet, right? That's right. Um, this is their introduction. So this is that thing that Matt and I like to say uh, where, you know, they're they're living the Exodus while they're reading Genesis. Um, you know, this is 
after they leave Exodus, where are they going? They're going precisely to this land that was promised to Abraham. And, and, and who are the people that are there waiting for them? The Canaanites. So here, mm-hmm. here's a question about God. Is God, if God says, hey, you know, in other words, is, is God like being colonial? Hey, that's a good place. We should get to live there. Oh, there's already people here. Let's just kick them out. If God is choosing to work through Abraham and his family, and if God is choosing to work within these geographic parameters, is God unjust for giving the land to the Israelites and kicking out the Canaanites? Is that? Well, I mean, it's is that a fair? It's all his land to begin with. I mean, well, that's such a Sunday school answer, though, right? <laughs> He's got the whole I mean, but... <laughs> world in his hands. I can't be singing, guy, and then not sing in the episode. Um, <laughs> all right, then, then. Then what is the answer then? Uh, well, I was hoping you, uh, man, I was, I was counting on you or Matt, and Matt just skipped today. Um, no, look, look, <laughs> he, he here, here's what I want you to see. Uh, again, I want you to draw the uh, the Eden connection. Again, when did Adam and Eve get kicked out of the land? When they sinned. When they sinned. Uh, this kind of makes me think of when we talked about Genesis 6 uh, and the 120 years. We're tempted to read that as, man, God's bringing the hammer down, right? He's shortening human lifespan to 120 years. But then you have people who live longer than 120 years, and all the early interpretations say that's not 120 years for lifespans. Got that was God giving them another what? Yeah, 120 it's, years to repent. Yeah, it, it, it's an act of mercy, not an act of judgment. Yeah. So fast forward just a little bit in Genesis to Genesis 15, and Genesis 15 is is this key uh, uh, reiteration of God's promises to Abraham. Um, and, uh, man, I can't wait till we get to Genesis 15. Uh, but it's really neat. Uh, fast forward down to, um, verse, uh, 12 and 13 following as the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram and behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to Abraham, know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there. And they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for you, you shall go uh, to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here. Where is here? Here is the promised land, right? Mm-hmm. They shall yes. come back here in the fourth generation. And then he gives a why. Why? The iniquities of the Amorites is not yet complete. Yeah, and y'all talked about the Amorites some last week, right? Yes. Um, uh, for the iniquity of the Amorites. In other words, God's not kicking the Canaanites out in a vacuum. He's going to kick them out for the same reason Adam and Eve had to leave Eden. Because this is going to be the launch pad of, launch pad of God's purposes for redeeming the whole world. This promised land is going to be a heaven meets earth sort of place. This is going to be, in some senses, like a Eden. Ah, uh, uh, I see. And I think it's an interesting window into the character of God that God doesn't just dispossess the old inhabitants. He does so after this long period of time where there's, it's, it's again, it's kind of like 120 years for repentance, only it's even longer. It's hundreds of years. Uh, 400 yeah. years. He lets right? he lets their sins come to a threshold, and then God says, okay, they've had ample opportunity. They're not repenting. Uh, I'm going to fulfill what I promised to Abraham. 
now. Uh, and I love how that coincides with everything going on in Egypt, setting his people free. It, uh, all I'm trying to say is the Bible's not just about the who. The Bible even takes a, a, into account the where and the when. Isn't that interesting? Uh, yeah. I, I, by, by the way, speaking of the when, look, look at some of the when statements you have uh, in the New Testament. Gen, uh, Galatians 4, 4, and 5. When the time had fully come, chronos, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full adoption as sons. Or Jesus beginning his ministry. Uh, after John the Baptist had been handed over, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the kingdom of God and saying, the time, the season, kairos, is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Uh, God's redemptive plan hits on all aspects of a good story. God's got a who, God's got a what, God's got a how, God's got a why, but he is God is so sovereign that he's even got a when and a where. And his mm. and and even the when and the where are a testament to the type of God that we're talking about. That's what that's what I want to bring out in today's text. Um I think you get a so, Oh, go ahead. Uh, so so I, I'm seeing I'm I'm rereading chapter 12 now and I'm seeing it. there's there's more than just a geographical thing. It's it is also a temporal thing because he even tells Abraham like I'm going to give this land to to your descendants, not even to him. That's it. And and look at the very next verse and this is why I tie it to Eden. Um right after God says this, what does Abraham do? He builds an altar. An altar. That's a place of worship. That's a means of heaven and earth interacting. You see that? Mm-hmm. And then what is it? That's, e- that's Eden imagery. That's Eden imagery. In fact, implicitly, you know, we were talking before we uh, recorded, implicitly, what's the first sacrifice in Scripture? It's when God kills the animal to clothe Adam and Eve. That's it. Um, and so here's an altar, an altar for sacrifice, and it's in this place that God has designated, I'm going to work here through this people, Abraham's descendants, through whom he is going to work. Um, and by the way, I, th- I think if you read the Abraham story, I think through uh, throughout the biblical account, Abraham builds, I think, I could be wrong on this, um, I think Abraham builds four altars, two are in this passage, and I think it's really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, you know those old paper maps that you like put on a cork board and you put pins, uh, thumbtacks in them to hold them up? Yeah. It's kind of like uh, Abraham is doing that with altars. Uh, as he's coming downward into the land, he builds this altar at Shechem, and then look at look at what it says. From there, he moved where to the hill country to the hill country on the, in the e on the east of Bethel. East, that's right, and uh, uh, and then with Bethel on the west and A on the east, and there he does what? He builds another altar. He builds another. It's like he's mapping off the promised land. It's like he's setting. Uh, it's like he's setting a perimeter. Does that make sense? God is going to work in this space. Uh, and so, again, another thing, as we move forward, pay attention anytime an altar is built. Uh, it's not just a pile of stone. <laughs> um, and, and, and again, let's... Uh, I don't know if Matt would let me do this, but Matt's not here, so I do what I want. Um, <laughs> this is our show. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Matt is listening in abject horror. Because uh, Matt, Matt is, you know, we'll talk about this, and Matt is always like calling me, like Nathan, don't do a spoiler alert. Nathan, don't punt ahead too much. You're, you know, you know. But Matt's. Well, but here's here here's the thing though. Matt is listening to this, and the deed has already been done. It's too late. Oh, that's right. Like, yeah. We've already yeah. we've already done it. 
This is this is the win that matters in the no. But look look at this concept of the where and the win in the story. Punt just a little bit forward again. They're living the Exodus while they're reading Genesis. As they're living the Exodus, what's the sign of God's presence with His people? What's the sign of heaven meeting earth? Everywhere they go, on their way to the land of promise, what do they set up? The the tabernacle. The tabernacle. And what what happens in the tabernacle? Things like sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. What what is God That's... outlining on their way to the promised land? He's outlining these special days, like in Leviticus sixteen, where he talks about the Day of Atonement. Um, what what happens on the Day of Atonement? It's not just a sacrifice. It, pay attention to not only what happens, but where it happens, right? The priest has to cleanse himself, and before he can offer a sacrifice, what do they also cleanse? Uh, they, they, do they cleanse the tabernacle itself? It's the sacred space itself. Um, uh, yeah, because it, it, it's preparing it for what God's going to do there. And then uh, it, it, even with the two goats, one of the goats is slaughtered, right? What happens to the other goat? The priest symbolically places the... Uh, sins of the people by doing what? Touching his, well, they, they, touching his hands to the goat, and then what happens to that goat? They they send it off into the wilderness. It's exiled. Uh-huh. Ad, Adam and Eve sin; they're sent out of Eden. God promises uh, this land to Abraham's descendants, but He doesn't exile its inhabitants until what happens? Until they sin, right? That's what you get in Genesis fifteen. He gives That's the land right. to Israel. What happens when Israel breaks the covenant? They get exiled. They get exiled. Fast forward even further. New Testament. When you look at the ministry of Jesus, where does ninety nine percent of it occur? It's to his. Uh, in, it's to his. Yeah, I mean, it, it's to his fellow Jews, right? Yeah, it's in Israel. It's in Israel. It's in these same geographic boundaries. Um, and how interesting uh, that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The locus of Jesus's conflict with his own people is the temple itself, the place where heaven meets earth, and and Jesus becomes this what, this sacrifice, and they take him outside the city. Man, that's neat. Uh, 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 and and, and by the way, the author of Hebrews is picking up on this. Uh, the, this is why the author of Hebrews is using Day of Atonement imagery, and this is why the author of Hebrews says that. Uh, let us go with him outside the camp. God is going to do something. And this is what I don't want us to miss. God is, again, God's not just going to bless Abraham. Through Abraham, he wants to bless the whole world the same way he wanted to do in Eden, right? What happened in right. Eden affects all of creation. And and I think when God is mapping off the promised land in a redemptive way, what happens in this space through this people is going to have creation-wide ramifications as well. Man, I, I just, I'm just expressing what Matt expressed last episode. Man, the Bible is so beautiful. Oh, the Bible is so beautiful. And, and by the way, can I do one further? Do it. Do it. Preach it. Genesis 1 through 11, the prologue, the slingshot for Scripture, right? Mm-hmm. It culminated in what? Babel, right? Correct. And when things went wrong at Babel... The people were scattered across creation, and their speech was confused. Fast forward to the New Testament. After the sacrifice of Christ, you have Pentecost, and Pentecost becomes the opposite of Babel. You have people from Uh. every nation 
there in Jerusalem, there in the in the place of sacrifice, there in the launching pad for God's redemptive work, and the Spirit comes down not to confuse them, but so that everyone understands, and when they leave, they are not scattered as a mess, they are sent on a mission. The Bible is the best story. Oh my gosh. One could even say that it's better than fiction. It's better than fiction, brother. Um, Matt, we miss you, man. Uh, come back with a clever joke or uh, you know, a song or a good segue at least. But we hope you feel better. <laughs> Indeed. And listener, if you would like to, to gather with us outside the camp, then I urge you to hit that plus mark on Apple podcasts hit like hit subscribe on google on google play or on spotify whatever platform you're listening on wherever you are help us out by by just engaging with the podcast give us a review something like that that way we can continue to do the podcast and spread the word even farther until then you guys have a great week and we'll see you back here next week oh i miss matt saying see you next time so yeah okay yeah i'll say it see you next time shalom I hear it's flowing with milk and honey, cause we're going to the promised land.